I see my roommate every day, and outside of that, I just see really tense people in public. Yeah, yeah. Grocery store is weird and tense, and then I have yeah. uh, my very new boyfriend. Not very new. It's like six months, but still. Yeah, but it's still it's still the honeymoon phase. Yes, it is. Which is a great phase to go through this whole thing with. The honeymoon stage in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weird. You're like, this is the both the best and the worst times of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the best of times, the worst of times, I think they put it. Uh, was that Dickens? Um, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. I think it was Dickens. Might I was it? trying to think. It's the, yes, yeah, is that about the mice or is that about Moby Dick? <laughs> no, no, it's Moby got Dick. Moby Dick was Call Me Ishmael. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think this was a tale of two cities, Dickens. I'm not sure, though. Don't quote me on that. I mean, once this goes on the internet, they're going to quote us regardless. I'm going to get dragged by the keyboard warriors. Yeah, exactly. The most lit ones, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. like literally literature. Like, they're going to be the ones that are just like, no! How dare you misquote you know, this? Punctuation. This talk was lit. <laughs> English <Yeah>. lit. <laughs> I literally was thinking the way it was, like, lit 101. And then when after I said it, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, the most lit, lit people. They're going to be the ones. Yep, you know it. They're going to jump on us the most. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, I have been curious to talk to you about Jake because we've never really discussed it thoroughly. Yeah, I think we both were scared to. Did you want to? I mean, I know right um, now we're going to, but then did you want to before? Yeah, I mean, I, it blew my world up. Yeah, so... um yeah, it definitely, it changed me a lot. And, like, there was just so many, like, I remember the picture that you gave Cork Lounge? <clears throat> R.I.P. Cork Lounge. You know that's gone now. Yeah. Yeah, but I got the picture. Did you? Yeah. There was one day I was like, I'm taking that home with me. And um, Roger, the bar manager, was like, no, I want to keep it. And I was like, I don't want you to have that choice. I want that picture. I want it in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and he, like, said no. And then the next week when I came back. I just took it, and he asked me about it. I was like, no, I just, I need it. You know, like, you guys like it, I need it. Didn't I make it? You made Didn't it. Didn't I? I put it in a frame? Yeah, you put it in a frame. Yeah. It's in the same frame you put it in. You could have just, Roger, call Adrian, and I would have been like, give it to Aaron. Ah, whatever. We dealt with it. He didn't Good. ask for it after that. I mean, like, he got it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so, it was so crazy. I don't think I've. Ever, I've been close to people that have died before, but never this close to someone who's killed themselves before. Same. Or uh, so quickly after seeing them in person. Yeah. No, exactly. And then on the other side, <clears throat> because, well, you know, like I'll do this more linearly. I saw on Facebook somebody put like RIP Jake and it was on his wall. And I was like, what the? No. No. Like we literally talked two days ago. Let's do a uh, context for, I'm assuming people are going to be listening to this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jake, Jake Tanner, AKA J- Jake Tavarin was a show producer and he produced a show with you at the Corbin bowl and with me at the cork lounge. Mm-hmm. And um, he was more of a musician than anything and a dog lover, but he was getting into comedy yeah. and was really excited about it. And um, <clears throat> well, that was the interesting birth- thing. He produced shows for years before he actually started doing comedy. I know. Yeah. He and he's around it. And I kept telling him to go ahead and do it. And I remember getting him at, sometimes at the end of like Corbin Bowl, he'd be like, put me on uh, last. And you're like, yeah, I'll put you, of course I'll put you on last. He gave all of us a ton of stage time. And one of the cool things he did, he asked comics, he's like, what can I do to make my show different? 
and it was giving newer comics longer sets so they could learn to develop. And he did exactly that. Did. My first 10 minute set was with him. My first 15 minute set. I'm not sure if I ever got to a 20 minute set with him, but it was just, he was giving that. And so when that guy's like, can I have three minutes? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, go along. And he was so like, not creepy. Like, cause I get approached a lot for like a, a collab let's do a show mm-hmm. together let's write together let's whatever together and i had only been in la for like a year and a half um but i got established really quickly i think because of pat Oswalt having me open for him and jake was just the nicest guy about it like he was just like hey i saw you on stage at my show i think you're really funny i, I know you produce shows before do you want to help me produce the show so i can get some bigger names in here so we can get some more crowds so that these newer comics mm-hmm. have more of a crowd to perform for and I was yeah. like, I love that message. Sure. It was a big commitment. Every Wednesday, mm-hmm. a show and then a mic. And if he was out of town, I ran the show and then the mic. And that was yeah. like a lot. It was really intense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I met him through Daniel Arce. <laughs> and then he was looking because at the time, I forget, I think Corks already existed, but he was asking me who I thought would be good at hosting. And I gave him like eight names and we like booked all eight people so he could watch them all. And that's, you know, like, and after that, he was like, I like Adrian. I'm like, Adrian's going to be great. You know, like, she takes no shit. And so, like, but it's like this, also this, like, welcoming take no shit energy you have. You're like, hey, it's great that you're here. Welcome. Don't fuck with the boundaries. Okay, we're going to light you, and then we're going to get you the fuck off. We're so happy to see you. <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I was happy that he liked you and, like, chose you. And then you guys, yeah, you guys worked on that show. And then um, it was Jake and I, yeah, it was great. I did shows with him for like a year and a half, two years, I feel like. I think mine was almost a year. And every Wednesday after, I would stay for the mic uh, and mm-hmm. do another quick three minutes and then take him home after. And mm-hmm. I remember one time he told me um, he was getting out of, the, out of the car to go to his house. And he turned to me and he was like, you know, this is my favorite part of the week. I was like, you're the sweetest oh. fucking guy, dude. I was like, have a good night. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try to give you a ride, you know, whenever I could. Um, yeah, he was just, he was the best. Yeah, he was a chill dude. He was a surfer guy. Yeah. Yeah, a surfer guy from Phoenix. Like, no wonder he had to move out here. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, and, uh, I remember helping him try to, like, I got him the job for the, the dog thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I shouldn't say I got him the job. I helped him because he didn't know how to get a job. And so I was his fake manager on his resume. <laughs> it was like, Jake's the best, hire him. And then it wasn't working out. And I was like, what do you want to do? And he said, dogs. I was like, dude, that's a great answer. Cause you can just donate your time mm-hmm. and let them know that you're looking for a job. And they'll, when it comes time that they have an open position, they'll already love you. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's, who's around Jake loves Jake. Loves Jake. There's no way it's not going to work out. And then, sure as shit, within like a month of him starting to volunteer there, they found a paid position for him there. And he was all of a sudden wearing all those dog shirts all the time and mm-hmm. having his dog people around. Mm-hmm. Sponsoring the show and stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And he felt good. It was so weird that he had like this slow crescendo when I came into his life when we were doing the show. Like mm-hmm. he was getting um, stage time on other people's shows because he was booking them on on yeah. work you know and he was and he was so nervous about it and every, every once in a while he'd say yes to one but really he wasn't 
mostly saying yes. It was nice to be asked. And people were knowing his name and shaking his hand when they came to Cork Lounge. And um, he's getting some notoriety for that. And he loved the dog job. I remember him telling me how much joy it brought him in his life. Mm -hmm. And and he was like uh, bonding with uh, some family members about, you know, getting over some, you know, they're very religious. So it was hard for him to... uh, to be out here in LA doing sinful things, you know, to them. Yeah. Staying out late, drinking regular Mm -hmm. things that we do as humans. And he was like playing his guitar and doing little videos at home and stuff. Like everything seemed like it was going up. And then all of a sudden everything started going down really fast. And he lost the the dog place job because the, some boss lady was really mean to him and he couldn't take it anymore. I I feel like he takes a lot of shit. Did you know that he lost that, that job? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that at the time. I um, I actually called them because I wanted to be like, Jake's not coming in for his next shift. And like, they were like, oh, he doesn't even work here anymore. That was like yeah. one of my, like, my revelations because I cleaned his room when he was done and I had to get everything out. And so like, you just find loose ends or also the things that he definitely did not loose end. And that was also kind of amazing because you're just like, I feel like he knew he was going to do this a couple weeks before he did. He did. Yeah. And it was like, there's definitely evidence that he for sure knew about a week. I think he knew about three or four weeks. We, um, we talked about it after he came back from a family vacation where he had a wonderful time with everyone. We talked about like, um, I think Robin Williams had just killed himself hanging and that's about right um saying like that's that sounds good right now or something and i was like oh my god first of all don't talk like that and i was like second of all is that how you do it like i'm a comic this is like yeah this is how you talk people through these things and uh he was like yeah i think that's how i probably do it and i was like i don't know i'm a wimp i'd probably do like pills or something Mm -hmm. and he's like you've thought about it and i was like "I, i actually tried once i tried to kill myself with a knife and I couldn't go all the way through it. I just had mm. you know, some nicks because um, I didn't really want to die. And I was like, I hope you don't really want to die. And he was like, no. And then, like I said, he, that was when he was like at the plateau and then it all started. And I remember it was- What was um, the timeline of that? Like how later? About three weeks. Okay. So he yeah. came back from the family trip. That's why I had taken on, I think two- Wednesday's worth of shows because he was gone for mm-hmm. a significant amount of time. And he came back. He maybe he lost the dog job because he went on that trip. I don't know. I don't. All I know is he was really unhappy. There was a lady there that was really mean to him, and he would cry like physical tears and be like, "I just love the dogs and I want to take care of the dogs." And this lady is so mean, and I don't understand <sighs> why. And like, it, it hurt um, because he was just such a lover, you know. And mm-hmm. we had our last show together on a Wednesday night and I dropped him off and then we went to your show on a Thursday the next mm-hmm. day and um and he was like very quietly like it's my birthday <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> I didn't know that let's come with me um my ex was booked in Gray Park uh-huh. which from Corbin Bowl was very far but I was like come if you want uh, and he's like well you have to take me home after and I was like it's not a big deal um, yeah, my, ex, your my ex was like oh but i was like fuck you this is this is my buddy and it's so, also like his 40th birthday yes it was a big it was a big deal yeah it was it was it was a milestone birthday so we went to it was a bar 
in uh, Newbury Park, which is actually where I grew up. So it was nostalgic for me. And he, um, I bought him a beer and he was drinking a beer and he was happy. And then there was a comic there. I can't remember who it was now. Some redheaded person who um, had jilted him like three times being booked and then not showing up Mm. uh, like three times. And um, apparently was like very flippant. Which also, by the way, how nice of him to book her or him three times. Yeah. Yeah. He was a very forgiving person. And um, he, like that night, he had like some chutzpah and he like confronted the guy and was like, you know, I've booked you a bunch of times and you and you never showed up. And the guy was like, oh, sorry, dude. Uh, I would love to do your show. And he was like, hey, man, don't say you're going to do it if you're not really going to do it because a lot of comics want these spots. And he was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 I'll really come. I'm sorry. And Jake was like, all right. He's like, you you have my messages. You go ahead and respond to me when a date that you want to do. And I was like, okay. And I remember Jake's face. He came over and sat back at the bar. Like he was like, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so proud. proud. Of yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, and then uh, I remember he looked down, I had taken a sip of his beer. So there was my lipstick on his beer and he just looked down. He was like, do you like it? <laughs> and I was like, I hated it. And he's like, yeah, it's IPA. You don't like IPA. And he's like, I don't like IPA. So we had like a great night. Um, I fell asleep on the car ride home in the back seat, which now I've, I wish I hadn't because this is the last yeah. chance I had to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. I remember I woke up when we were nearing, he lived in Burbank, so I was waking up and he um, was talking about the mask that he made to put in his hair because you know, his long hair was so like luscious. Yeah. And um, I remember my ex was asking him, like, how do you get your hair like that? You know, because everyone always <laughs> asks my ex, how do you get your curls like that? So yeah. Jake was like, I put avocado and honey and I forget what he was saying. Uh, huh. And then I was like, yeah, you have soft hair. And then I reached around from the back and I was like, playing with his hair and he was mm-hmm. like oh that feels nice and he's like don't worry i'm not trying to steal your girl and my ex was like i, I know you know he was driving so he's mm-hmm. like it's whatever and it was cute and sweet and um i got out of the the back seat to to get out and get back in the front and i hugged him and i said happy birthday buddy i love you and he was like love you too and he was like we'll talk on the this weekend about the uh, the lineup for next wednesday and i was like mm-hmm. okay you got it and then i got in the car and then i we went home went about my life uh, Sunday night, you messaged uh, my ex. That's... Yeah, and then we called. Yeah, yeah, and then he and was, was like, like no. he called me and he's like, should I wake Adrian up? And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I think this is one of those times you do that. And you were reluctant to believe it because I remember you were like, no, call him, he'll answer. And I'm like, there's no, he's not going to answer. Six there's hours just... earlier, we had been talking about the comics for Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And and Facebook, like, by that time, because as I was, like, talking to you, I'm just, like, up, updating his page and watching more and more of those things come in. Because it seemed like his um, his Renaissance Fair friends found out first. Yeah. I don't know how they found out first, but they did. One of his roommates was, like, either was a Rennie or was friends with those Rennies. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. And then I don't remember. I feel like it was that night after I got off the phone with you because there was a lot of, you know, crying and yelling. And then I was like, I'm going to go to his house, you know, like, and I went to his house because I only live maybe a mile. And I knocked on the door and his roommate, like, answered, like, saw him, like, already knew why I was there, you know? And he was like, yeah, uh, Jake's gone. And at the time when I walked in, it was crazy because uh, the police were already there. So it was like the day after they found his body or something like that, because they had like police tape all over the his door. So nobody was allowed to enter his door. 
Nobody was allowed to go to the garage where he hung himself. And so that was all police taped off too, but there was no police there. And so they were like, yeah, like apparently whenever there's a suicide, they just have to check everything. And so this is like this for now. And uh, and then they were like, do you know how to get a hold of his family? Because we don't. And like yeah. I found his mom on Facebook. I mean, he's friends with, Facebook friends with his mom. How did she find out? I, uh, I messaged her, but the police had already found her. So the police told her. So I wasn't the one, but they read what they could of his, he left a letter. They read what they could of his letter and then they mailed it to her. They kept it for evidence for like a week or two. Everything was kept as evidence and then afterwards. That was one of the things she wanted. But she, uh, she told me that he, he mentioned me in it. I don't know if you got a mention in it. He must I never have. thought to ask her. I mean, she may have, would have reached out if so. But I mean, it was mostly he was like just so mad. It was a lot of mad. And there's like, it was like three pages. And it was a lot of like, fuck that person for doing this and fuck that person for doing that. And then he like thanked me. And that's why the mom was like, that was an interesting move. Because it was like in the middle of that, he said something really nice about you and then went on to be mad at other people. And it was like a bummer because I know that like the day before, he asked me if I'd come over and watch all of the Star Wars movies. Which, of course, <laughs> is like, I told him, it's like, dude, that's too much time. I can't. It's a nine hour hours. commitment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I shot it down. And like looking back, I was like, no, he just wanted to not hurt for nine hours. And he's like, I know Aaron likes Star Wars. And so I feel it's bad. You're like, like oh. hindsight, right? Of course, everything is after that. <laughs> And, and now, then, like, like he, you know, like he, his roommates had told him he had to leave because he lost his job that, and couldn't pay rent. I know that was part of the letter. He blamed them, like this was the only choice you left me, sort of thing. Dude, he could have come on my couch. <laughs> I mean, I know thirty people that have said that now, and like I believe that to be true. I do. We were all like, "No, there's not. This was not the answer." Like everyone knows that there was a plethora of couches for him to stay on. Even if he only could stay on my couch for like two days, that gives him two days to find another couch to stay on for a week and another one to stay for a couple months. And then somebody else is like, you know, I started getting, it was like, I don't know how many messages you got, but I got a lot of messages on Facebook over the next couple of days. A lot, a lot. Yeah. You know, and uh, people were like, I even could have given him a job. Like, like Noah Blake, bless his heart. Uh, was like, dude, I, every time I knew he needed money, I found a way to like get him involved in something to give him a couple hundred bucks here or there. Yeah, I gave him a ride every Wednesday and I was perfectly yeah, willing me too. to... I even told him, because uh, I knew Thursday, his birthday, I knew his roommates had already said, you gotta get out of here. And I was like, good, fuck him. And I was like, bounce around for a while. You got, you got friends. And I was like, come stay on my couch for a couple of days. And I was like, mm-hmm. I have a boyfriend and a roommate, so it can't be for too long, but you're more than welcome. And he was like, yeah, thanks. I don't want to have to do that. And I was like, I get it. But like, you're, you're well loved and you know, yeah. Now, uh, I, and like part of me, part of my recovery has been trying not to in, impede on other people's beliefs and boundaries, but like, I wish I pressed harder. Uh, yeah. Like, find a, a safe place for him because I know now that he wasn't innocent. And by that, I mean like just a precious being who, uh, was so easily beaten down 
and yeah. the drinking um, definitely did not help that. I know that he was drunk when he killed himself. He, I don't even have to. He know was that. drunk for days. It felt like he was drunk for like seventy-two hours before he killed himself. Because after you know, like I also found out about like he made he called every phone number in his phone. You know, and he uh, he told all of them he'd book them on a show in the next two weeks, and they're all like tried to like get that booking. <laughs> and you're like, hey, I'm just gonna spread it out. You know, like I can't possibly just take all of them on because he like booked like 40 people for like two shows in a row, and it was a. Uh, and they all had mentioned like, yeah, he seemed kind of drunk, and he also was like trying to give away things that he used on a regular basis. Like he tried to give somebody his guitar and somebody his bong. And you're like, no, those are things you use. Why didn't he do that with me? I, I, I think we were too close. I didn't get like a, a goodbye, any kind of goodbye. I got the hug at, on his birthday and I love you and I love you too. And then. Mm-hmm. I feel like he knew and felt that was already a goodbye. Probably. And if he'd given any kind of, he knows I'm savvy. If he'd given any inclination, he's going to do some shit. I would have been no, in exactly. my car in a heartbeat over there. Yeah. If he tried to give me his guitar, I'd know that means he was trying to kill himself. Like someone trying to give you your TV or your guitar or just things you use on a daily basis. Cause you want those daily basis parts to you to survive. It's like, no, like that's such a sign <clears throat> of like, no. It's so weird because I've never been a drinker. I have a, a lot of alcoholism in my family. And then mm-hmm. When he killed himself, I knew that alcohol was involved and I had just done ayahuasca and mm-hmm. um, was like in a great place mentally before this happened. And it just like, I came crashing down so hard and I basically drank every day for the next three months. He died in October, November, yeah. October. Um, I, I have the dates on the picture. Yeah. Yeah, I made that picture. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. but I, um, yeah, I drank almost every day for like two and a half months after that until like my, oh my, my boyfriend and my mother-in-law were like, well, you got to stop this. You got to figure something out. Like I, I couldn't uh-huh. work. I could bear, I, I think Wednesday comedy was the only thing I could handle doing and keeping that show going in his memory. And every time I walked in that room, I like was crying and it was so hard, you know? And I, I don't think I've ever taken a death so hard before or since it's been it's the most shocking death of my life and Mm -hmm. very close it was i mean because like i had a hard time throwing away a lot of the things in this room and so i kept a lot of them and then through time i've gotten rid of them you know Mm because it was like uh i had a girlfriend at the time and she was just like why do you have these bags of clothes you know like because all of a sudden i have just crash bags of his clothes and I'm like, I don't know. There's going to be a good time and place for these. And so, like, I just had them. And, like, months later, I found, like, a homeless guy, like, I, that, like, lived around the corner. And I was just like, what size are you? And I gave him, like, all of his clothes. Which Jake would was, actually be really happy to hear that. It also made me really happy when I would, like, leave my place. And sometimes you, like, see him in a distance. And you recognize, like, the clothes. And so you're just like, oh, look, no, it's still out there. It's still doing its thing. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. That guy just dresses like a surfer now, <laughs> which was. <laughs> oh, Jake was so handsome. I um, he really was. He was dashing. He was dashing. He was a little short and he had a, an issue about that. But I, I used to tell him all the time. Short. Yeah. <laughs> <Shut the fuck> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> 
looks pretty tall to me. Uh, I mean, the guy I'm dating now is five nine ish, so um, I don't care about short. But um, he had a complex about it, obviously. And he would like tell me all these girls he thought were so pretty. And I was like, first of all, you're a booker. You can't really hit on these female comics here in this arena. But if you mm-hmm. see them at a different show, I think it would be okay if you if you approach them. Uh, and he was like, they're not going to want to go out with me. And I was like, you're the hottest guy in this room. Yeah, they're going to want to go out with you. Yeah, you know, no, he was thanks so much. very he attractive. Would, like, blush. Yeah. And he also never had a problem getting laid when he... He had a problem with confidence approaching a person. But right. once he was able to start talking to that person, he was charming and could connect with somebody immediately. Yeah. Looked like a Disney prince, for Christ's sake. He really did. He yeah, was so handsome. I know. With the exception of when he had the dreadlocks. That's the only thing that looked like a Disney prince. I did not care for those. <laughs> no one did. I did not care for that. Was, he came in. I forget when that was. That was after the vacation, right? He came in and I just yeah. went, nope. <laughs> nope. And he was like, oh, come on. You weren't the only one that did that. I was like, what's the deal? Where Did you go to the gathering of the Juggalos? Who, who did this to you? But... But yeah, he looked great. He was always a good-looking, charming dude. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you then, how has your response been emotionally to people since, Jake, where you see symptoms of such a thing? Oh, my God. Because uh, I know I was on edge for yeah. probably two years. Anytime two, anybody a made a joke where somebody was like, guess i'll go kill myself and you're like dude if you're gonna go kill yourself you give me a call you know like it was like i would get really serious and i was never like don't you ever talk about it as much as it was if somebody brought up the fact of killing themselves which everyone you learn how common it is people make that joke all the time a lot they're just gonna go kill themselves the biggest thing that happened is that i stopped making that joke i I for sure i've never made any inclination that i would kill myself since then i did in my Mm -hmm. 20s for sure but from that day on, it was just like, no, I need to let people know. I mean, I said it once right after my husband left me, and I fucking meant it. So yeah. I said it to my shrink, and I needed to get on medication for that because I mm-hmm. was going to fucking die. But besides that, no. And I've been uh, annoyingly attentive to people who, to be honest with you, did not deserve as much attention as I gave them. But because you know, I was so dependent on making sure that they were okay and so scared about it it really it really fucked me up and I lost another friend um a year after I don't know if you knew Trevor uh Nathaniel from Twitter he accidentally killed mm-hmm. himself uh the following November fall seems to be a really hard time mm-hmm. for some of us um and he uh died right before I did ayahuasca again so I actually got to uh, see him and I saw Jake in my visions when I was on oh. ayahuasca um, Did they say anything? Was, Were, was there any yeah. kind of communication? Trevor, I saw in the sky. I went outside. Uh, it's so weird that you're like lucid. You can get up and walk around and stuff when you're on ayahuasca, but you're also like tripping balls. I look up at the sky and I saw Trevor show up with like a red solo cup like he was at a party, uh, which probably makes was. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he basically, he wasn't really talking, but he was more vibing. And the vibe was like, don't be sad. It's done. Uh, you know, I, li- I lived a good life or whatever. And then he like disappeared and then he came back and he was like, you're fat. Oh. And I was <laughs> staring at the sky like, what? <laughs> and then the revelation after uh, when you wake up from ayahuasca and you have the, you know, the cleansing or whatever. And I was like, oh, my diet isn't good. I've stopped 
exercising because I was obviously mm-hmm. in a deep depression from Trevor dying too. And I was like, everything in my life that's bad is a result of not taking care of my body. So mm-hmm. that was Trevor telling me that. And then I went back in the tent. I remember seeing Jake and um, I can feel myself crying and like trying to talk to him. And he wouldn't talk to me. He was just doing this like. Mm. Um, being coy. Like, being coy. But like the, it's so weird. You've done drugs. Um, but like when mm-hmm. you're, uh, when you're talking to somebody, you're not really talking. You can hear what they're saying. And basically what he was saying was uh, let it go. Yeah. Um, because I felt so guilty for, first of all, talking to him about suicide so flippantly mm-hmm. a few weeks before he died. Honestly, a year before and then a few weeks. Before, he brought it up a lot. I thought it was a bit. I know. Like, I remember there was a comic once that asked me, they're like, did you see any signs? Oh, yeah. I know exactly. Oh, and I was yeah. like, yeah. And then they, they looked horrified. And I was like, I see signs in 70% of you. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but after that, it was like, um, it helped me deal with Trevor's death better because first of mm-hmm. all, Trevor's was accidental. There wasn't anything. Mm-hmm. I had talked to him. I had uh, texted with Trevor two days before he died. So it was the same thing where I was just like, no, no, this isn't real. I called him, I texted him. And then like, you know, somebody had to tell me, no, he's, he's gone. His dad found him. Um, mm-hmm. But I dealt with that death better, first of all, because I did ayahuasca. And second of all, because I know that I will heal, I will be okay mm-hmm. because I, I was okay after Jake eventually. It still hurts a lot when I, when I think about him, when I talk about him. And I know that it changed me as a comic and it changed my comedic career mm-hmm. uh, like completely because I stopped doing comedy as much. It hurt. It hurt mm-hmm. to be alive. And I had like survivor's guilt for like a long time and yeah. it took me until this past summer when I you know got divorced from my husband to like get back into stand-up and to be like I'm alive and this is what I want to do and I should be doing this and it oh my god it took so long to I never connected that yeah there was a direct correlation between yeah, sure. Jake dying and then my stand-up dropping off yeah, and, and then focusing I remember, more on cannabis yeah because there was you kind of handed me off that show and you seem like there was a relief, you know, or it's just like, but it was also like, oh, please don't let this die. Yeah. And it actually yeah. ended pretty well. Like, uh, I still took it for like, I want to say like another year. Mm-hmm. And then the manager was like, here are the numbers. If you can average doubling this. Which you I was like, room was dead. No, exactly. No, that was his way of being like, kind of move out. And like one of the bartenders actually warned me like two weeks before. It was like, he's going to say this stuff. Tell him it's a lie. And I was like, no. And I was just like, can we just throw a big giant party at the end? And so I just like booked a hundred comics and was like, we're going to get everybody up. We're going to keep this place open until the point that they ask us to leave. And we did. And it was a big blowout happiness thing. And I feel good about how that ended. Good. You should. There should be, we should feel peace because... The love we still have in our hearts for him um, mm-hmm. keeps him alive. And the guilt we feel is paid forward in our concern for other people and a complete yeah. change in who we are personally. Yeah. And by the way, everybody who's ever reached out to me and throws his name out there, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love all of your Jake stories. I love when people are just like, because I'll get a random message every now and then, especially mm-hmm. around 
the time of his passing, I'll always throw up a picture of him. And then you get a couple of random messages where you're just like, oh, I miss that guy so much. You're like, fucking tell me about it. We all miss that guy. I got a lot of messages and a lot of them were from like big comics that he like had the chutzpah to reach out to on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and mm-hmm. get him to come and like big comics want stage time too, especially ones that like mm-hmm. live in the Valley. They were like, hell yeah, I'll come to this show in the Valley where I live. Well, there was like really big comics who, who came and did the show when I, um, yeah. I did like a benefit for him so I could raise some money to give his family for the funeral funds. Um, I was communicating yeah. with some family member in that regard. I, I remember transferring money to one of his family members. I feel and, like it uh, must have been his mom. She was really active on that for a little bit. It might have been his mom. Um, but I feel like and it every was her- year when I post a picture of him, like we're still Facebook friends, I forget. <laughs> but when I post the picture, she'll like it. And you're like, well, she's I, checking um, in. I feel like if it were his mom, she would have been, she would have told me that I was in the letter because there's no way I wasn't in the letter. There's no way. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, Maybe you he have was to mad at me. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get the proper goodbye. I th- so maybe that's why. Maybe he wanted to try to, that's why he wanted to summon me in. And that's maybe that's how I ended up in there. You know, like I didn't get the final hug. Yeah, I did. I got that. It was yeah. a good night. I mean, because there was like a lot of friends of his like didn't end up with that, but got like, text messages or phone calls yeah um i mean we had messages about booking the next week but that it wasn't more mm. than that and i remember thinking he's drunk i remember mm. thinking on saturday night let's talk tomorrow about this and i didn't yeah. say because you're drunk but uh i'm very <laughs> i really hate talking to drunk people like really really it's really triggering for me and i know and um, it's so hard to be like you're drunk hang up we'll talk to you later um, but he knew, he knew I had a problem with alcohol. He kept trying to tell me like, I'll pay you in, in drinks. And I kept being like, I'm good. Like, I think most comics think I'm sober because I don't really, I don't like alcohol. I do drugs. I feel like <laughs> I have the same reputation in that where I don't drink at shows. I'll have the occasional drink outside of shows, but so many of them just think I'm sober because of that. You're like, well, no, I'm going to go up on stage. I'm already a mess up there. I don't need to have a reason. I actually don't mind people thinking I'm sober because to me, sobriety is like strength and discipline and mm-hmm. self-awareness and I'm fine being associated with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see where I want to... Yeah, like I think that it's... I wanted to talk to you about this specifically now because everyone's in quarantine and now that we're getting even more quarantine in front of us mm-hmm. and like I was worried about like people... Who uh, who are yeah? They're going to be on the edge. <clears throat> if somebody's listening to this on on the edge, what do you want to say to them? Uh, there are people who care about you, man. Yeah, that's that's Everybody one of the cares. lessons I learned from Jake's death is like he had no idea how many people cared about him and how many people would be there for him in that final minute. If before he actually ended up doing it, if he had called so many of those people and just said hey i'm about to do this stop me they would have all ran to him and like Mm -hmm. i believe that's the same for so many people and i don't feel like they know that yeah people need to know that it doesn't matter who you are how well i know you um we'll reach out it's hard to like offer a couch right now because of the pandemic but there are places you can stay. People are moving out like crazy back home to their families in mm-hmm. Ohio and Oklahoma and like rooms are opening everywhere and 
people are desperate for money. And it's like, there's always a place to stay. There's always going to be some kind of job. Yeah. But you know what? At this point, post Jake, if somebody said that, like if I was able to get a phone call from Jake on that day, knowing everything, I'd be like, share my bed. You can share my bed with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been you know, like, like my my ex will sleep on the couch and you can come in the bed with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would have loved that. Yeah, Jake was hot. He would not have liked that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think there would have been an argument there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Although there was a couch there for him at the time. It would have been, he would have got the couch. Yeah. And I was living with a, uh, my roommate who was a comic who did his show frequently our, our show frequently too mm-hmm. and uh she knew about him and she was also very sad to hear about his passing and i said you know in retrospect if i had wanted him to come stay on the couch and she's like yeah i don't care and he was she's like he was such a nice guy and i was like i know yeah but i mean it wasn't like we even knew to do that the, the retrospect is he needed to know that we would have talk about this episode so we recorded this episode like a month ago it was like a month and then then last week about this time we we lost another friend we lost we lost richard bain and richard richard was close to again me and Adrian and everyone in the comedy scene. Uh, he's he was really funny. There's no there's no two ways to deny that. You know, like it, there's just nobody disagreed on that. He was very funny, and like his videos are on YouTube. Check him out. Have a good time. Love Richard Band like we did, and it's it's such a shame that he's gone now. And like I know. I know that when we talk about this stuff, like, and you'll listen to the episode and you're like, you guys are being selfish. You're only thinking about yourselves. You're not thinking about them. But there, it just doesn't seem like this was the way it had to be. Not for Jake, not for Richard, not for any of my friends who killed themselves. It just seemed like, like everybody rallies as soon as that happens because because they know that they wish they could have been there more and had they known how how close everything was that they could have they could have done something or just been there and showed that they were there with, for them in any way and so so please please if you are feeling at your end you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline 1-800-273 8255 or a friend your phone has hundreds of phone numbers in it call a friend and say hey it's getting bad it's getting bad and i need to talk you know like just just reach out don't be afraid to reach out like and really throw out there like you you heard the end of the episode we sum that up and like every time a friend of mine tells me that they, that they like, tried to commit suicide. I do try to thank them 
throughout the throughout the years for not doing it. It means a lot to me every time. Like I get feeling down, you know, like I've been there. But like thank you for everybody who's chose to stick in this and I miss absolutely everybody who's gone. I miss Richard. I miss Jake. It's just it's just not fair. You you get mad. So sorry. Love you, Richard Bain. Guys, go check out Richard Bain's comedy on YouTube or anywhere else. I actually went through and read his Twitter for like two hours. Got a lot of good laughs out of it. Um, yeah, and you're going to hear this one be a little bit different because cause my buddy Keith has been having a hard time and we had a, an interview. The audio is awful, so I don't know what I what I can pull out of it, but but he did. It came out of nowhere. He just admitted to his own struggles, and you're you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear that right now, guys. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Forgive me for any um, just being emotional. It just fucking sucks, man. It just fucking. No, sucks. it does suck, and I I welcome you to be this emotional and to have these emotions. You know, like. You're not going to get through any of this without feeling these emotions. And that's, and that's important. And it's important for you to hear that from another person, you know, like definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I want to say right now that I love the fact that you did not kill yourself. Thank you for not killing yourself. Thank you for not killing yourself in the future. Thank you for not doing it over the last four years. You know, like you're a guy I've known essentially my whole life. Dude, I love you, man. I love you. Yeah. I love love you too. Yeah, and it's like these, those thirty years, like that I've I've known you, like it would gut me to lose you in that fashion. 